You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. But Nick, we, we're we not alone tonight. We are joined by a very, very special guest, especially for Nick. Nick, I'm pretty sure, has post notifications on for our guest today. Big, <laughs> big game boomer guy. But we're joined by BGB himself. BGB, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Just ready for football season to get here. God, these last couple of weeks are going by slow, but uh, I'm ready for it to start. I'm sure you guys are too. Oh, it's crazy. I, you're, you're you're going week zero, right? To to good old Las Cruces, New Mexico. Is yeah, that correct? yeah. Well, I was gonna go to Vanderbilt, Hawaii, but the in Nashville, but their state Vandy Stadium is like in ashes right now. Like it's like completely destroyed. One of the end zones. So I was like. Yeah, I can go to Nashville anytime. So I'm going to go down to Las Cruces. While New Mexico State is fairly decent, uh, usually they're just a you know doormat program. So it'd be fun to go down there, check it out, check out a new it's, place. It's a great town. I went there. So BGB, I don't know how much you know about me, but I, I'm a self-proclaimed college football traveler. So I've been to 74 FBS stadiums for games. No so kidding. La, yeah, Las Cruces is one of them. I did a doubleheader. I don't know if you remember the one year UTEP was good, but they got to play UTSA on ESPN at 1030. So New Mexico State played the early game. So I've been to Las Cruces. It's it's an awesome experience. You got I any restaurant that. recommendations for me? I'm not going to lie to you. I flew in that morning, got a got Whataburger because, you know, went in Rome. Whataburger. <laughs> I, I mean, again, I live, I live in Tennessee. We don't have – well, they're about to get some in Nashville, but we don't have any where I'm at. So and at the time I was in Nebraska, so I didn't even I definitely didn't have Whataburger and I got tired of Runza. So I got Whataburger at the airport and went straight from the El Paso airport to Las Cruces and went hiking. So I didn't I literally spent probably eight hours in Las Cruces. Four of it was hiking a mountain. The other four was at the football game. So for what it's worth, I didn't get to spend as much time there. I tried to do I tried to do more sightseeing than than restaurant trying. But I there was a place, there's a mom and pop shop though. You'll it'll be the first thing that comes up on Yelp because everyone told me I had to eat there. They have the famous grilled chili or the green chili breakfast burrito. Green chili. Yep. I can't remember exactly what the name of the restaurant is, but I'm it's I know it's the number one Yelp and it's clear as day which one it is. So that's that's my recommendation for you. But in El Paso, there's honestly too many choices to choose from. I, yeah. I you're need gonna to be on El Paso. Are you, are you, are you flying into El Paso? I am dry. So I live in, I live in Oklahoma city. So I'm just waking up at like three o'clock in the morning on Friday and just driving down there. I mean, it's such a, I mean, you have to connect to get to El Paso. I mean, it's just, I'd rather just do the drive, listen to podcasts the whole trip and, you know, save some money on air, air travel. So smart man, smart man. Well, Nick, obviously, I'm going to ask you shortly how you're doing, but I'm sure you're living the dream right now because we found out that uh, BGB, I don't know if he did it on purpose. I don't, I, I'm determined that Nick and them were talking ahead of time offline, but <laughs> BGB is out here repping NC State for Nick. So, um, Nick, I, I'm sure that made your day. But other than that, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Um, I see a lot of the Wake Forest football players coming in. Um, they're ready to go, which is pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, other than that, it's, it's hot as hell here. Like it, it is scorching hot in Winston right now, but other than that, I'm just working a lot. I told you about the new gym I joined, which, uh, has been going on pretty good. I like it a lot. Um, 
had a job interview yesterday, which I think went well. So I'll hear from that soon. But other than that, I'm ready for college football. Like it's time. College baseball has sadly come and gone. Uh, but I'm I'm ready to deep dive into college football now. So absolutely. Yeah, it is perfect time. I'm I'm doing week zero as well. I got Jacksonville State UTEP first ever FBS game. So that I'm could be a good little game there. there. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a good one. So I'm pretty amped. Plus, it's kind of funny. I work for ETSU where their opponent the following week. So obviously got to do a little scouting for our guys here. So definitely excited for that. But before we talk ball, the fun stuff we need to talk because Nick, obviously, even since we last recorded stuff has changed. Florida State, as we talked about on the last pod, was all talk, no, uh, no, all, all bark, no bite. You know, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. Like we said, we dared them to leave. And what we've seen this realignment is clearly if it happens, you're not going to know until it happens. If you're talking about it, you're probably not doing it. You know, the only one that truly did kind of talked about it and then left was Colorado. But even then, it took them six months to figure that out. Yeah. So, you know, I want to hear from you, BGB, because, again, you're an Oklahoma guy. It's your fault. This is all happening. Thanks. No, 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 no. Blame you gotta blame Texas. We're just that's a long horse network. That's facts. That's facts. It's Texas's (laughs) fault. Everything is Texas's fault. Um, I just committed a 15 yard penalty on the pod. My fault. Oh, we have another 15. (laughs) We're we're getting terrible field position, but uh I want to hear from you because you know your 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 brand is based on all of college football. I mean, obviously you're an Oklahoma guy, so Selfishly, yeah. I'm sure you're a little excited to join the SEC in terms of just, you know, I, mean, I would be pretty pumped if every single one of my home games is, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, you know, the list goes on and on. No offense to TCU or any of them, but, you know, seeing new faces is always always fun, especially when those brands are some of the best in, in the game. But, you know, from that standpoint, how do you feel about all this? Because, I mean, it, it's pretty consensus that nobody truly likes it. But I'm just curious if maybe you have any different takes on it or how do you see it being that your team is technically benefiting from it. But from your brand standpoint, I don't think it changes anything too much, but it's really making it a lot harder to to follow the sport when you know we're losing really good programs. I mean, I, the tweet that keeps resonating with me from yesterday's uh, AP poll is the top ranked AP poll team in the big the new Big 12 is coming from conference realignment in utah in the pac-12 yeah so it's just kind of sad to, to think about that but how do you feel about all this i absolutely hate it i hate conference realignment i mean even though OU's going to the sec yeah it's great they're going to get more money everyone's excited about the schedule but how's everyone going to feel in a year when they go six and six maybe after playing alabama tennessee lsu south carolina um that newness will wear off and we'll just find, well, I, I'm kind of concerned that OU could be the next Nebraska. I really am. I mean, go to a new conference for a bigger paycheck and kind of become irrelevant. I mean, I don't know if you got how much you guys follow recruiting, but the number three player in the country yesterday, um, Williams, I can't, I butcher his last name, Nwanari, he picked Mizzou over OU. Yeah, that's right. And I think that yeah. was a, rude awakening for OU fans that like if those teams were still in the big 12, I guarantee you that kid would have gone to OU, but you know, SEC more of a level playing field, 
uh, it's it's going to be tough for OU, and I, I I just hate it. I mean, I I hate I love. I mean, I'm a traditionalist. I love college football rivalries. I think that's what makes college football great. And we're just tearing apart these rivalries that have been going on for over a hundred years for a bigger paycheck. That's you know greed by Fox and ESPN, and I absolutely hate it. And you know, people say, "Oh, you're a hypocrite because OU's going to the SEC. Your school's fine." Like. I hate it for Oregon State, Washington State. Like they have great fan bases and they're getting screwed because they're not in major markets. And uh, it's sad that this is what it's come down to. Um, I personally don't think Florida State, they're all talk. There's no way anyone's getting out of that grant of rights deal uh, at the ACC. I'll believe it when I see it. But we have this talk every summer now and no one seems to really get any leeway or make any tread any water with, with that deal getting out of it. So I hate conference realignment. It's fun to talk about for about a week, but then after that, it just becomes a rat race to see who can come up with the, find the, you know, the latest Intel and, and it's just, I, I get so sick of it. Yeah, and, and everybody that gets the money is not you. It's not no. me. It's like, and I work in college athletics. I was, if I was at Oklahoma, my paycheck's not going up because they're going to the SEC. No, it's not. And, and the, the money, fans are going to be fans yeah. are going to be paying more for tickets. Uh, I mean, and think about the travel, like Washington, and I mean Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA. Not as bad for OU and Texas because I mean SEC is still kind of regional, but having to go all the way across the country to play your games. I mean, it's just stupid. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, it's raising my blood pressure talking about it, but uh, you know. It is what it is. I'll still watch the games, but, I mean, I don't know how much everyone else will. This is my chance to plug FCS football because we uh, were the best. But, no, it's I mean, it's, it's really, really sad. You talk about the rivalries, and, I mean, it, it's, it's tough. I'm a Virginia fan, so obviously when Maryland left, you know, that was tough because that was one of the most fun rivalries we had. Yeah. Obviously, Virginia Tech's number one, but, you know, we saw Maryland as the equals because – not only because a lot of the bad blood for us at Virginia carried over past football. The basketball games were always intense. Baseball was insane. Lacrosse is insane. Like, yeah, they, every single month you had probably a Virginia Maryland event that like meant so much that when the football game came around, sure, that was the big prize that in basketball, but you know, you really, you know, really just heated up. I mean, stinks that Virginia plays Maryland and probably one of our worst program, worst seasons in program history. Yeah, y'all play this year. But, yeah, not going to go great for us probably, but hey, at least like at least it's back in that sense. But like everyone's like, oh, we can still play them in non-conferences, but it's it's not the same. You know, my my favorite memory as a Virginia fan, and Nick, I've talked about it on the pod, so sorry you have to hear it again, but watching Virginia beat Virginia Tech in 2019 and win the ACC Coastal. It was the first time we beat Virginia Tech in football in a long time, but it also won the Coastal Division. It got us to the Orange Bowl. I mean, should we have been there? There were probably a lot better teams that deserved a New Year's Six, but again, we won the AC Coastal. We were the second best team in the ACC. We got to go. So, like, that was my favorite memory as a Virginia fan. And if Virginia and Virginia Tech get separated, when we play the last weekend of November, sure, the bragging rights of winning the state meant something, but I'll never get the chance to replicate that feeling of not only did we win the state championship, the division championship, the bragging rights to go, I mean, to go get blown out by Clemson, but to go to the AC championship game. I mean, that was something I'll never forget. And, you know, it, we lose that. I mean, how many times in the last few years have we seen the Apple Cup decide the Pac-12 North or the, the Civil War or whatever it's called now 
you know, yeah. decide the Pac-12 North. We, we lose that now. Sure, they're going to play the last weekend of the season, but especially in the expanded playoff, if Oregon loses that game and they've only lost one game in the Big Ten, they're probably still in as long as they win the Big Ten championship. I game. don't think those rivalries are going to exist. Uh, yeah, and that's true, too. Yeah, I, I mean, you're you're the perfect example. I mean, I mean, it's a little petty on Oklahoma State's side of things, but like in a way, like we lost, we're losing Bedlam. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, I've never gone to that game, but when I lived in Nebraska, I had a coworker who was a diehard Sooner, and I mean, I think he cared more about OSU than he did Texas. I I could be wrong, but he sure talked a lot more about Bedlam on Bedlam Week than he did, you know, the Red River Shootout. But we we lose that, so yeah, that's definitely sad. So. We'll transition out of this because we can all just vent for as long as we want. But, Nick, I want to give you two minutes since you have the man himself in front of you. We, BGB, had a podcast probably two, three weeks ago where Nick and I debated your rankings for the biggest rivalries in the ACC. Okay. And Nick is adamant about NC State and Wake, like to the point where I was defending you. And like he just would not hear me I, out. So I I can't. Rem- what did I have? What was like my top five? Your top. Nick, uh, let me have it, pulled it up. Yeah, I think Nick, I have it. Nick saved I, it because he was so triggered by it. You you did a good job, BGB. You got you got somebody's blood boiling for sure. Yeah, that tends well, to happen every now and then. Not. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna say I, my blood was boiling, but you know I. Yeah, I I would have put. Wake and state, but let me see if I can see if get I, it. I got it. See if so I, I said I had okay. So one was Clemson and Florida State, two was UNC NC State, uh, three was Virginia Virginia Tech, four Miami Florida State, five Clemson yeah. NC State, and you were saying I should have had Wake Forest NC State in there, at least in the top ten. I'm not saying top five. Like no, so I could my- see. I was close to putting in. I was close to putting in Wake Forest NC State. I know it's been a competitive game the last couple of years. Um, so I would say that maybe 11. I don't know. Yeah. I I do have a hot take. So my, Micah asked me, put your top 10. And he kind of agreed with me on this, but I didn't even have Clemson, Florida State. Because I think people get amped up for that game when both teams are really good. So that was just like my little hot take. I didn't even because I don't I think Clemson will think more about NC State and Georgia Tech uh more than they would think about Florida State from like any kind of given year, unless you know both teams are really good. Yeah. So that was kind of like my hot take about it. Yeah, no, I I, I just feel like those schools you know, at least in the Atlantic division have been historically two of the more dominant teams. And it seems like right. they were always kind of going at it, to see who wins that division. Um, and I mean, it goes back to the the Bowden years uh, when Tommy Bowden was at Clemson and his dad was at Florida state. Um, those were some, I mean, I've been to some great Clemson or Clemson, Florida state games uh, back in the day. Um, so yeah, I could see Georgia tech though. Georgia tech's just, Clemson Georgia Tech has just gone downhill so fast. I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of a joke of a rivalry right now. But yeah, I do remember Georgia Tech when they were good. Uh, Clemson struggled p- when pulling out games in Atlanta. Yeah. So yeah, Nick, Nick, you're you're you're. I'm disappointed in you. I thought you for sure. I think the biggest one that we had BGB was 
we were because he was telling to tell me that because you have North Carolina Wake Forest at number eight that North Carolina or excuse me that Wake and NC State was bigger to which I I simply gave him the response I don't think NC State and Wake would schedule each other out of conference <laughs> like Wake yeah. Forest and UNC Wake did a Forest few years ago do. so yeah so right. you know I that, that's what I told him and he he thought that was funny so I just thought you know he Nick that was your chance to to present that self I love the Pitt Syracuse choice because no one I still thinks about it but. Yeah, I still I still think that because when you look at the Wake State rivalry, I know I'm being a homer here, but it is one of the like the longest consecutive games ever played in college football history. I think it's like number two now. It was is it three until one of the games ended during the COVID year. But um yeah, I mean I, I just thought that like, you know, it, a game that has been played this long probably is probably better than Carolina and Wake. And the the thing about Wake scheduling Carolina out of conference, I mean, we can all agree here that the way the ACC did conference games in division out of the division was stupid. I mean, I think it was dumb that State was playing Duke once every six years and they're 20 minutes apart. Same with Wake and Carolina. So I figured they just did that, A, yes, because it is a rivalry, but B, you're in the same conference in the same state and you're an hour and a half away from each other, you know? So that's yeah. kind of like my reason why they, they did it. It is a rivalry, of course, but I don't know. To me, I thought Wake State, maybe just a little bit higher, but. Does it, does it have anything? Are you mad about how they Wake beat NC State two years ago in Winston-Salem? Does that have anything to do with this? Uh, No, <laughs> <laughs> I was at, I was in that game. So you don't know this micah does know this so i was i grew up in winston-salem so wake was my team before i transferred into nc state from community college so the crazy game i went to my sophomore year of college so i was in community college then was state was in town and i think it was a mecca mezzi's freshman year he fumbled the ball right at the goal line and wake got the fumble and the game was over. And obviously then I was rooting for Wake and was really, really happy. But now <laughs> Wake has just pretty much have torn my heart up until last year. When yeah, I was, they finally when I became a state guy. They finally got them last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I can see that argument. That's a good argument for sure. Yeah. So but uh with that being oh, said. No, I would say with that being said, I will say one final thing about that rivalries ranking. I just was looking at the sheet as well. That makes me so sad that your top two Pac-12 ones were the Apple Cup and the Civil War games that and we may gone. never see again. So they're gone. I made I made perfect. both of those games. That's, that's did you, wait, did you did you make that like right before? I don't remember. You made that yeah, was I made June. That was yeah, June twentieth. June twentieth right? was... yeah. when you tweeted it. So it was before way all before this all happened. this crap happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's sad, that. man. It's it's sad. It really it is. is. It's yeah. it's sad. I mean, people are going to lose jobs. Like, think about Washington State and Oregon State. They've got. They're going to take massive pay cuts. People are going to lose jobs over this, and that sucks. Um, so, I know we're done with the NCAA, or I'm sorry, the conference realignment talk. But if I might add, they're being kind of. We did all this. NIL stuff and the money and yada yada to benefit the student athletes to get away more and more away from the NCAA when 
this whole time, it, we're kind of acting like the NCAA. Like we didn't ask the other student athletes if they like this. Like if you think about it, the USC baseball team could have two weekends in a row where they have to go to Rutgers and they probably have to go to Penn State. And in between that, you got to go back to school. Yeah. I told Micah last podcast, Major League Baseball players don't even do that. Like they'll go on a 10 day road trip and they'll stay on the road at whatever coast they're on. That's right. Yeah. You know, like, and they're making MLB millions of dollars. So they're they're making millions there. of dollars. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of hypocritical of this whole conference realignment. We're trying to benefit the student athletes when we're making, I get it. Football's the money maker, but we're making it harder on, you know, 90% of student athletes. Yeah. You and I, I mean, this, I agree, brother. I mean, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Well, now it's time to have some fun. Let's talk, Let's ball, talk some football. So, Let's go. So now that Let's the ACC, I'm going to have a quick one-second moment of silence for the ACC Coastal and Atlantic Division, especially the Coastal, though. As a Virginia fan, uh, it pains me to know that we probably will never go to Charlotte again because <laughs> <laughs> I don't see us finishing in the top two in the ACC anytime soon. But it does mean a lot more competitive, a lot more intrigue from the standpoint of we're rewarding some of these teams. Like, for example, I think three of the best teams in the conference this year would be in what would be, you know, the so-called Atlantic division with NC state, Florida state and Clemson. So yeah. for that reason alone, I'm very, very excited to see this. Um, so I guess before we get too much into the to previewing the season, BGB, what was your thoughts as an outsider that doesn't necessarily care about ACC football the way we do? What did you think about how messy the coastal especially was and how, Almost every year, the lopsided championship game we would have. <laughs> well, I'm from so I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and grew up a Clemson fan. So I, I am very invested in the ACC. Uh, maybe not as much as you guys, but um, I mean, I thought it was it was a, it was a joke because I mean, you, the coastal was so bad. You'd get teams that were like six and six playing a Clemson uh, team that's you know ten and two. And it's just, it's stupid. I mean, they should have gotten rid of divisions a long time ago. I don't know why they even had divisions. Um, so I, I'm I'm happy they're getting rid of them. And uh, I think we're probably going to get the two best teams in the cha conference championship this year for the first time in a long time, I think. Maybe ever. Absolutely. So I will miss it as a Virginia fan, but in a way – it is definitely better for the conference as a whole, uh, especially when the playoff does expand. But all right, let's let's have some fun. I, I'm gonna Nick. I'm gonna let you decide where we go. Um, but actually, before we do, I think we're gonna take a quick break because Nick, I actually have a potential sponsor for us. So I'm gonna have that ad play here in a second, and we're gonna end this Zoom and we're gonna come right back because that's how this works. So we'll be right back. Sounds good. All right, ball time. It's going to be great. Um, I guess, Nick, I'll let you decide where we go because I'm curious because we've always talked on this pod about while well, the ACC is getting a bad rep, the ACC is getting a bad rep. We're better than we think. We're top to bottom better. 
Nick, I'm I'm a little concerned about the ACC this year because I really do think some of the teams near the bottom of our league really, really stink. So do yeah. we want to talk about some of the teams that we think, like if we had to be betting people who we would kind of feel confident not having a better than 50% chance to go bowling because I think there's a decent amount of teams we can have that conversation about. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, what's everyone's dark horse team in the conference this year? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a game. I did not prepare these guys for this, but I think this might be the best way to do it. I'm going to give you guys three teams, and you're going to tell me which one you think will have the better season. Georgia Tech, Virginia, or Virginia Tech? You want me to go first? You can go first if you've got your answer. Yeah, I think Virginia Tech. I think they're going to have a better season. Um, got some great wide receivers in the transfer portal. Uh, Jalen Lane, I think Ollie Jennings from Old Dominion. Uh, there, I mean, their defensive line, offensive line, a little concerned about, but but the secondary is pretty solid. They got to figure out who their quarterback is going to be between Grant Wells or the kid from that transferred from Baylor, but. I really like I, – I think Virginia Tech's going to get to a bowl game this year. I really do. I think it's going to be a good turnaround year for Brent Pry. Do you think they're going to go bowling? Yeah, I do. Okay. Do. You're breaking my oh. heart, BGB. Their win total is only three and a – Vegas has them at three and a half. It, that seems – I mean, I'm betting the over on that all See, day. I have, I have them at I'm three and nine, and, and I know I'm a hater because I'm a Virginia <laughs> fan, but but Nick, you, Nick can attest to this. I've always been way more – like Virginia Tech pro than most Virginia fans from the standpoint of I'm willing to admit when they're going to be good. I, 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 I mean this in the kindest way possible. Grant Wells might not even start at an FCS. I think he's terrible. I don't think yeah. he's very good. And the fact that it's a competition scares me because that means that Tyron Drones, the kid from Baylor, probably isn't winning the job. Or if he is, he's not impressive. Because, like, I think that anyone – like. If, like, for example, I mean, I know Virginia, we lost Brennan Armstrong, so we're, we're in trouble. But we know that Muskets our guy from Monmouth. We know it. He's been light years better than anybody else we have in the room. And knowing what Grant Wells is and the fact that nobody for sure has proven to be better than him in the QB room scares the living heck out of me. And Brent Pry has been very – and I, I give him credit because I, I agree. Like, I think that Brent Pry is the right guy for Virginia Tech. I really do. However – He's been very like in his press conference. I don't know how much you've you've seen of that, but he's like future, future. Like we need time. You know, he's talking about like the development, the development, the development. And a lot of times you don't say that if you think you can win now. And their schedule is, I mean, not the most difficult thing in the world. They don't but, play Clemson. I don't. I don't think. They no, they Clemson. don't play Clemson. But at Rutgers, I'm not giving them a guaranteed win. They're going to one of the better G5 teams in Marshall. You know, yep. obviously Old Dominion at home should be a win, but Old Dominion loves to be the nightmare fuel for Virginia Tech. I was in Northfolk last year for that game, so I enjoyed that, that was one awesome. a little bit. But, you know, Purdue, I think they're better than Virginia Tech, but they do have to come to Blacksburg. So, again, I, I, I favor Virginia Tech in that. Um, I think Virginia Tech going to Virginia this year, like, I mean, they kind of take over Scott Stadium, but, like, a lot of times when it's in Charlottesville, it's a lot more competitive, obviously, than when it is in Lane. Going to Boston College, a team that I'm a little bit higher on than most, that's not going to be ideal. Like, I think they're going to take Syracuse at home, but 
I don't think they're better than Wake. I don't think they're going to win at Florida State. I don't think they're better than Pitt. They're not going to win in Louisville, in my opinion. They're not going to win at BC, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to beat NC State at home. So I've now just named six losses right there. So I don't feel very confident. I, I don't think they're winning in Huntington. So do you feel better? Do you feel better about Virginia and Georgia, Georgia Tech? Tech? I feel better about Georgia Tech. I, I think okay. Virginia, I think Virginia has a legitimate chance to go 0 and 12. I don't have that happening, but I mean, I'm going to week one, big uh, BGB against Tennessee. My girlfriend's a Tennessee fan, so my life's gonna be miserable on that day. But <laughs> um, you know, if we if we get our 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 doors blown off, which I think probably will happen. If we don't come prepared, or by we, I mean they, come prepared to beat James Madison the following week in that first game at home, I don't think we win a single game because their FCS opponent is the number four team in the country, William & Mary, who, by yeah, the William way— William & Mary is no slouch. Yeah, and they're coached by former Virginia coach who my dumb college self wanted fired more than anything in the world, Mike London. So it's going to be personal. So it's just not— <laughs> Not a great spot for Virginia. They don't really have anything that makes me, you know, my thing is if Georgia Tech's schedule wasn't as tough as it was, they would be a bowl team. I don't have yeah. them going bowling, but I think they're better than Virginia. I think they're better than Virginia Tech. I do like I, Brent Key. I like Brent Key. Yeah, I like but him a I'm, lot. And that I'm concerned. That is- I'm concerned about the quarterback situation there as well. And, and their playmakers, um, I mean, don't really have a lot of guys out there. Uh, I mean, you lose, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, what, two years ago? And I, I mean, I, I just, I don't see a lot of depth. I mean, they'll have a good offensive line. I mean, they went into Chapel Hill and beat UNC. Um, defense should be all right. I mean, the secondary I thought was pretty good last year. Uh, LaMiles Brooks, I think, is a stud at safety. So yes, their schedule is much tougher than Virginia Tech. Um, so that's why I, I think Virginia Tech has a better chance to make a bowl game than Georgia Tech solely based on the schedule. Yeah, and, th- and that one makes sense. I, I guess when you talk about quarterbacks for me, I mean, I know Haynes King wasn't the greatest player at Texas A&M, but I, we've seen him perform. So I feel pretty good about that. Plus, I mean, I know, like, again, their schedule is not the easiest in the world, but, you know, I think getting, you know, Virginia, Virginia on the road – I mean, that's not the, the you know, worst road game in the world to have. Syracuse at home, I think, is beneficial. Bowling Green, I think, is a win. As South Carolina State's a win. Like, I don't think they beat Louisville week one, but getting them week one in that new system, you know, yeah. with, with Jeff Brom, yeah, at home. I mean, I think Louisville might make that stadium 50-50 because they're so excited for Jeff Brom. But oh, my BC, gosh, they're crazy for Jeff yeah, Brom. And, and, and BC at home off the bye is nice, you know, I wouldn't I don't think they're going to beat Miami, but Georgia Tech in Coral Gay or I guess technically at Hard Rock, you know, hasn't been the uh, hasn't gone well for the Canes in years past. So, like, there's a lot of things that I just kind of look at and I go, I I like their toss ups better, if that makes sense. So and like a game against Ole Miss home or away, they're losing. Like, for example, Marshall's comes to Blacksburg. I lean the Hokies. But they're going to go – Huntington's a very underrated place to go for a game. I know Virginia Tech's going to bring a lot of fans, but – That game's already sold out. Yeah, it's going to mean so much to them. I think Marshall's a better team. Marshall also still has beef with Grant Wells leaving the way he did from Marshall. So, again, you just look at all those factors. I I lean Georgia Tech. But, but Nick, who who do you lean in this scenario? And your answer is obviously Virginia, right, Nick? Right, Nick? But – 
Yeah, I, I think Virginia's got it in the bag against NC ACC, State. A, a, ACC champions, right? <laughs> um, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean a little bit more towards Georgia Tech because I think I really, really love Brent Key. The momentum that they had last year. I mean, obviously they didn't go bowling, but they kind of shocked a lot of people last year. I think it had a lot to do with him. I think he brought in the locker room. Um, and I think he can continue to do it. Now, do I actually think they'll go bowling? No, but of the three teams that you've listed, I like their chances. And I, Micah, you made a great point, a point that I was going to make. I love their home schedule because it's a little bit friendly. Like if you're Georgia Tech, you would really want the toss-up games to be at home. If you know you're going to lose, like probably at Ole Miss, uh, I would like to think that they would lose at Wake um and at clemson you know i'm i'm pretty okay with that as a georgia tech fan and as a georgia tech player too i i I could see them pulling off syracuse i think they'll win up in charlottesville i could see them pulling it off at bc um is it me just really relying on brent key and the momentum that he started towards the end of the season last year yeah uh but again i i love their home schedule and every time they play unc something crazy happens so i'm not putting it past them to lose that as well yeah and and i think last year too i mean uh the highlight of the virginia season in the acc was winning that absolute like rip your eyeballs out game on i think it was either a thursday or friday night where virginia went to atlanta and won like 16 to 9 where literally both teams just said here you go, here you go, here you go. Like, I had to watch that. And the last Virginia game I watched of the season was Miami, which, if you remember that game, that was the 14-12, like, quadruple overtime, just going for two to make it 14-12. So terrible. But, you know, the fact that they went 5-7 and and lost that Virginia game, like, down the stretch, you could see some positive momentum. And, yes, they lost Jeff Sims to Nebraska. But I, I don't think... Haynes King is better than Jeff Sims, but I don't think it's like this major drop off. I so just I think, uh, I just think King, King, he's so just stale in the pocket. That's fair. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. but is he more stale than Grant Wells? <laughs> no, no, he's not. Grant Wells definitely <laughs> needs to improve, but I mean, I, I just don't, I, I mean, I saw, I watched, I mean, Haynes King at A&M and, and just the downward spiral there. I, I got to see, see it to believe it um so we'll see i guess uh louisville week one uh how he looks if he is the going to be the starter has he been announced the starter yet i'm not sure actually i i would assume so but it's between him and that know. that pyron kid yeah his collarbone last year um so i don't know yeah that's a great question i i think it's going to king but it might i mean that's the thing too I feel better about Pyron than I even do Grant Wells. So from that standpoint as well, you know, again, the schedule for Georgia Tech is way harder. And I think believing in Brent Pry at Virginia Tech is not a bad idea by any means because I think what he's going to do for that program is great. I'm more concerned the way he talks. You know, he's a lot more future, future. And maybe he's just doing that to lower his expectations. But a lot of times coaches don't do that unless they really are like kind of trying to be like, hey, it's another rough year. Give me some time. Like, cause Justin Fuente left him a shit show. So, I mean, uh, look, I think Virginia tech goes undefeated in their non-conference 
And then, oh, wow. Okay. And, and then you just got to win two ACC games to get to a bowl game. I mean, Old Dominion lost all of their playmakers last year are scattered across other teams uh, in college football now. Purdue, new head coach, Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator, going to be a big adjustment up there. I think they get them in Blacksburg. At Rutgers, that'll be interesting, but Rutgers just has no offense whatsoever. Defense is all right. And then Marshall, that'll be a tough game, but, but I mean, we'll see. Ugh. I, I got to break down that matchup, but I mean, that that's to me, the one game I could see them losing is at Marshall. So they go three and one maybe. Yeah. And see, that's, and that's, that's, that's where our, that, that's perfect example of, again, there's all toss ups. Like I don't, I have Virginia tech entering their buy on October 21st at two and five. I think that math adding up. Yeah. Two and five. So again, that's, that's the difference. Like, will they be able to, you know, take a huge step forward? So, we ruled out some of the bottom teams. One team that I left out because I'm higher than, so I want to briefly talk about them, is Boston College. So in the preseason poll for the media and coaches, they were near the bottom. They were actually picked second to last. However, yeah. I am a lot higher on Boston College. So I'm curious what you two think about BC because from my standpoint, yes, I know they lost Fuljakovic, but the conversations out of Chestnut Hill is they wanted Emmett Moorhead to be their guy anyways. So if that's the case, then it's not a huge loss. The offensive line for Boston College cannot be any worse than it was last year. Last that's year they were problem. just they were just killed by the injury bug. I mean, everybody got hurt. But all those guys that filled in or have a year of experience under their belt, those guys came back that were hurt. Like their depth at offensive line this year is near the top of the conference at this point. So I do think that they're going to take a step forward a massive step forward offensively. We've got a pretty good defensive minded coach and Jeff Halfley. I think he's going to be a good, do a good job of keeping an eye on obviously what's going on there. He's running his program similar to how Ohio state does. So big in development, their weight program is phenomenal. And I mean, their home slate is, or their schedule in general is one of the easiest schedules in the country that nobody seems to be talking about. I mean, NIU, Holy cross, like, I know this is crazy because Florida State's a hell of a football team, but Boston College does not lose the red bandana game. And that is the ball, that is the Florida State game week three. So I'm not saying that's a, a guaranteed win for Florida State. They're gonna beat Virginia at home. I think they'll beat Army West Point. I think they can go on the road and beat Georgia Tech. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. UConn at home, I think's a win. Like there, there's not a I, they don't play Clemson. They don't I mean they play Florida State, but they get them at home. They don't get NC State. So I think they're avoiding some of the better teams in the conference and the ones that, like, again, Florida State at home, Miami on Black Friday at home. There's a very good chance that Miami's checked out by then. So yeah. I I'm I'm I think Boston College is a, not a lock for a bowl game because you can't ever make a lock with a team like that. But I have them going bowling. So I'm just curious what you two think. Nick, you want to go first? Me, you want me to take it? I can I can go first. Um, yeah, I don't think it could get any worse than it did last year. I mean, I remember they were having defensive linemen playing O line because the the O line was just in shambles. It, it was truly unreal. Um, I don't think they they can't get much much worse. And I I think we're past the time where Boston College is left in the dust in the ACC. I think they just had a unfortunate hiccup last season 
a little bump in the road. I think they could get back on track to being a consistent bull team. I don't know if they could do it this year. I think it's great that they have a lot of guys coming back. Um, the quarterback news that Micah just said, I think is uh, reassuring. And yeah, going through the schedule, I don't know if they'll go bowling. It's I think it's a 50-50 shot. I mean, you avoid Clemson, you avoid NC State, you avoid Wake, you avoid Carolina, uh, and you get your two toughest opponents, probably, yeah, two toughest opponents at home. I think they could be a surprise. I think they could be a shocker. You know, if they may, if they go bowling, I think a lot of people would be a little surprised. But to me, no, not really. Like, I could see them going six and six. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, I mean, last year I was high on them. I thought failure Kovic was going to have a huge year. He gets hurt. Offensive line was just a mess. Uh, Christian Mahogany gets hurt preseason. Uh, it was just a downward spiral for them. I mean, I watched Emmett Moorhead against NC State, which has, uh, NC State has a great defense, and he played a great game. I was really impressed with him. Um, you know, you lose Zay Flowers, but, you know, so that that's a big hole to fill. They got Ryan O'Keefe uh, from UCF, who's a pretty good player. Um, but, yeah, the offensive line was horrible last year. They were, like, dead last in sacks, uh, allowed, uh, horrible, and, and just run blocking. Um, but they've got Mahogany back, who I think is a potential, if he plays really well this year, first-round draft pick. Um, got some good guys in the transfer portal. They're high on this uh, Texas State uh, transfer, uh, Kyle Hergel. And uh, got got a guy from Virginia, uh, Logan Taylor. Um, so I, they're more excited about their depth on the offensive line and the defense. I mean, Donovan Azaraku is a beast off the edge. He's physical guy that's going to get to the quarterback. Secondary, yeah, lost four starters in the secondary, but I think they'll be they'll be all right back there. Um, but they just got to run the ball better and get better pass protection, and I think they'll be good enough to get to a bowl game. Yeah, and I think their their defensive side of the ball, they're not super great on the depth side, so that's something to keep an eye on. But I mean, they, they have some dudes, you know, at pretty much every position. I mean, they have one of the best defensive ends in the country, uh, in my opinion, with Donovan. I can never say his last name correctly. As a Raku. Yeah, as a Raku. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a stud. I really like Elijah Jones as a DB for BC. So, you know, they have some guys that, that can play out on the defensive side of the ball as well. So again, with that schedule, I think it plays out really, really well for them. So yeah. with that being said, do we want to do, we, we know who the top two are favorite wise. It's clearly Clemson, Florida state, and then the rest are kind of in that, that sleeper department. Do we want to talk our top sleeper or do we want to debate who we think the best team or who should win the ACC this year? Let's, let's see sleeper. What are we thinking, sleeper? I mean, do we all think Clemson and Florida State are the two best teams here? Yes, I do. I think there's a conversation for a third, though. So that's the only reason why I'm open to going either way with this. I'm down with whatever you guys want to do. I think I think we should ask the question, who is three, four, and five? Who Who's threatening Clemson and Florida State at the top? Because I think we all agree – we have those two in our ACC championship. But yeah. if there were a team or two that you guys think that could threaten them and we see a different team in Charlotte, 
who would it be? Well, Nick, I have a question for you first. How yeah. much do you how much do you like me? I mean, you're okay. Because <laughs> I don't know the tiebreaker scenario, and you do not play Florida State this year. I think Dave Dorn finally gets 10 wins. And if I think he gets 10 wins, I think Florida State gets 10 wins. So right now, I did that good old playoff predictor site. I have Florida State and NC State tied at 6-2 and two in the ACC. So something to kind of keep an eye on because I, I genuinely do believe that NC State, like, call me biased because, again, as a Virginia fan, I've seen it before. I think that NC State's offense is going to be light years better than what they had last year, and they had a pretty solid offense. Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong are a match made in heaven. Like, I, I genuinely believe that this team, like, Nick, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, NC State, I have them beating Clemson at home. I think you're going to finally get that wonderful win that you've always wanted against them at home when they're actually a top five team. I just I'm I'm sold on NC State. I think the defensive side of the ball, they're they're not going anywhere. You know, they're still gonna be one of the most stout defenses in the conference. You know, BGB mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, or maybe it was off air, I can't remember, but Raleigh is one of the best places to watch a game. So Carter Finley's going to be rocking. Underrated comes to, yeah, when Clemson comes to town, the Notre Dame game doesn't count. So if you lose that game, oh well, you can still go to Charlotte. You get, again, one of the better teams, in my opinion, in Louisville at home. I would venture that going to Virginia Tech, not ideal, not going to be the worst thing in the world. North Carolina coming to town is clutch. Miami coming to town is clutch. Like at Duke, yeah, you're going on the road, but you're going, getting in a bus. You're going to sleep in your same bed probably, or at least wherever you sleep for your home games if they do the hotel thing. They're going to get on a bus, go 30 minutes, and they're going to play in front of an entire red stadium because Nick and I already know that it's going to be pretty much 80% red in Wallace Wade on that side. So your schedule is playing out perfectly to where I think they're just as good. So with that being said, I actually don't know how that tiebreaker breaks out. I should have dug more into it, but it obviously makes it harder with the whole, you know, coastal Atlantic and, you know, teams not playing each other now the way they used to, but I'm big on NC state. So I guess that would be my, my three since we're saying Clemson and uh, Florida state are in the picture. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, NC State, I mean, last year I picked them to go to the college football playoff uh, preseason. They got a ton of hype, and, and I mean, the defense was, was incredible, but the offense was just a wreck. I mean, they started – Devin Leary got hurt against Florida State, and uh, he – they. I mean, I think they started four quarterbacks uh, before the year was over. Um, so, look, the defense is going to be solid for NC State. I mean, Peyton Wilson's back. You've got great corners – um, with Shaheen Battle and Aiden White, I mean that's probably the, one of the best corner duos in the country. I'm just concerned about the skill, the skill players on the outside, receiver, running back. Um, I don't know how good those guys are going to be. They lost Devin T- Carter, Thayer Thomas, um, so I do think NC State's going to be good. I mean the wild, they're, to me they're the biggest wild card because if Brendan Armstrong and Robert and I click like they did in 2021, this could be a really special year for them. But I, I don't know if this NC State team has the wide receivers that Virginia had um, in 2021. Was it Billy Kemp? And who was that big guy that was like number 98? Bell uh, Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they have those guys, but I do I agree. I mean, I think NC State can go eight and four, nine and three. They get their good teams at, at home. 
Um, so that's always a big, big plus. So I can definitely, definitely see that they've won 16 out of their last 17 games at home. So, um, and yeah, I could see them beating Clemson. They beat it. They beat Clemson in what 2021 in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. So it could definitely happen. Um, so, I mean, my sleeper teams are Duke and, and Pitt. I, I think those are, uh, a lot of people are high on Louisville. I'm not so high on Louisville. I think Duke, is uh, a lot of people are, are kind of discrediting them last year, saying, oh, their schedule was easy. But, I mean, to go 9-4 and four at Duke is pretty daggum impressive, if you ask me. I mean, Riley Leonard is just – he's a great dual-threat guy, can beat you through the pass, through the air. Um, you've got good running backs. The defense has improved. Uh, Mike Elko, I mean, great defensive mind. You know that they're going to be good on defense – so people are writing Duke off like they're just going to have a bad season because they have to play what what's their schedule? They got to play. Um, they got to open with Clemson. Yeah, Clemson. They play Notre Dame. Um, at Florida they're State. At, they're at Louisville. That's the thing. Their their yeah. schedule is brutal. Like their road games, like they're they have probably two home games. I would rule probably. They're at least at the bare minimum. They're not favored. I don't think. I mean, maybe they could. They could beat Notre Dame. They could beat Clemson, but again, they're not going to be favored. And then obviously those Florida State, Louisville, North Carolina, not ideal road games to have. Yeah. I mean, they got to play Louisville, UNC, Wake Forest, Florida State, NC State, kind of all in a row. But I really think that this team is good enough to go in and win some of these games. I've got them penciled in at nine and three right now with losses to Clemson, Notre Dame, and Florida State. I think they can win. There are other games, even on the road. I just think you've got eight starters back on the defense uh, that improved from last year. Um, I, I just I, li- I like Mike Elko, what he's doing there. Um, it, it's it's impressive. And they, they've got guys on skill players as well. Uh, offensive line is really my only concern. I don't know how much depth uh, there. They only return three starters, not much behind those guys. So I like Duke. Um, Duke Blue Devils. We're talking Duke football here. And then Pitt, I don't know if they're really a sleeper. I mean, to me, Pitt's probably – I mean, do you guys see Pitt as a sleeper? That's I mean, who I was going to pick. Yeah, I, th- I think they fall into the sleeper because you just named the two teams that were tied for sixth in the conference, like from a standpoint of the preseason poll. I mean, I, I'm, I'll let you guys go, but I'm in full agreement with what you guys are talking about at this point. I mean, I, I, think, I think Pitt's always a sleeper because they're, they're lacking – I mean, let's just be honest. They're the most boring – team in the conference like because they're always never a bad team but like when have you ever gone oh my gosh i get to turn on pit football today when kenny pickett was there it was fun that's fair that's fair <laughs> yeah that's fair but like but even then let's let's just be real for a second nobody was truly t- like i think was it the second lowest watched new year's six bowl game of all time was that pit michigan state game yeah like nobody was like, and that game had storyline. I mean, Pat Narduzzi playing Michigan State, a brand that you know he had not betrayed, but some Michigan State fans view him as a traitor. Like, you know, that's <laughs> like it was like a fun. Like we had Kenneth Walker versus Kenny Pickett. I mean, Kenny Pickett obviously didn't end up playing, but like we had this build up going into when they first got announced. And like, I mean, the AC Championship game was the lowest watched AC Championship game in years, lowest attended game in years. And we had one of the better games we've had, you know, yeah. the fake, the fake slide. I mean, Sam Hartman versus Kenny Pickett was a fun one to watch. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, I, I'm in agreement, but Nick, you can go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of wish now I I'm high on Duke this year. I think they will be a good team. I'm 
a big fan of Mike Elko and what he's doing there. I mean, he's from the Dave Clawson coaching tree. When Clawson first took over Wake, it wasn't as offensive as it is now over at Wake Forest. When Wake started becoming really good, or not really good, but started becoming bowl eligible, they relied on that Mike Elko defense until he went uh, to – where did he go? Oh, A&M, right? He, yeah, no, A&M. Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I kind of wish that people would talk a little bit more about Pitt as they are about Duke because looking at their schedule, I'm a big Narduzzi guy. I think he, he's a quality, great coach. Um, I think they got a great stud at quarterback. Um, the, the schedule is pretty much really, really nice. Like they have to go to Notre Dame, but in terms of ACC championship game, that's not going to affect them. They get to have Florida State at home. They get to avoid Clemson. Carolina's going up there. They'll play. They'll beat West Virginia. I think they'll beat Cincinnati. Um, Lane Stadium, I mean, it's always tough, but I think they can handle that. You avoid going to the Dome in Syracuse. You get BC at home. Um, You get to finish off with Duke. I I could see them getting 6-2 and um, in this in this set in this schedule, I think they could be six and two. I think at wake will be a little tough for them. Um, but we'll see. I I'm, I'm a little high on pit and I, I like Narduzzi a lot. I think they, again, I think they got a stud at quarterback. Uh, they, they wouldn't shock me at all. If they were the number three team in this conference threatening for the ACC championship. Yeah. That's why I didn't leave them as a sleeper. Cause I think they're a legit contender. I mean, Phil Yurkovic, I mean, I know he, the guy was a high school star in Pittsburgh uh, high school. Um, so he's kind of coming home. He's got, he reunites with Frank Signetti jr. Who was the offensive coordinator at BC when he had his really good year in uh, was it 2021 and 2020. Um, I, I mean, Pitt is going to have a much better offensive line than BC did last year. You've got um, great receivers on the outside, strong run game with Rodney Hammond jr. The defense for Pitt, I mean, you can always, they, they lost Kalijah Cansey, but I mean, you can always count on um, Charlie Partridge, defensive line coach to, to restock uh, the, the line and linebacker. The guy that I think is going to go off this year is Bengali Kamara. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Linebacker. He is fun to watch. He's a beast, just flies all over the field. Um, so I really like this pit team. I think that they could legitimately win the ACC this year. Yeah, I think one of the best, or maybe not best, but most underrated receivers in all of college football and counts a Mumfield from Akron, the transfer, is at yeah. Pitt right now. That kid, I mean, he's going to give Phil Dracon. Like, he could be a replacement in terms of a, you know, obviously what he had at BC with Day Flowers. So and also the, it's going to be the, great. The tight end, Gavin Bartholomew, mm-hmm. is also a, is is going to have a big year as well. He's a huge mismatch nightmare uh, for the second I think, I think he's the, I think he's the best tight end in the ACC. From a weapons yeah. standpoint, you know, with the all the especially the way Pitt structures their offense. Plus, like this call is a hot take. It's crazy because the Pitt schedule is given a top fifty difficulty by Phil Steele in his magazine. But I look at their schedule and go, "There's a legitimate like, like it's not the best odds." I look at their schedule and say, "I don't think it's completely impossible that they could go eleven and one or yeah. ten and two. I've got them in like, nine and three. Like, like you know, at West Virginia." I think that's a win. North Carolina, like North Carolina at home, BC at home, Florida State at home. Like 
at Notre Dame is probably the most difficult one. At Pitt will be tricky because it's it is or excuse me at Wake Forest excuse me because it's their homecoming game at Wake and Wake you know obviously I think it's going to be better than a lot of people are saying but they don't have really any game that I look at and go yep hundred percent loss because I mean yeah. I'm not sold on Notre Dame I mean I think Sam Harmon's take a huge step forward but I don't know if Marcus Freeman has that program going where you know he seems like an amazing human being but. I'm not. I'm gonna see it until I. I won't believe it till I see it. Kind of guy with Notre Dame. So, yeah. I mean, it. That's a. I, I love that we're all on the pit hype train because again, I. I really am high on these guys. So, quickly, we've got five minutes for this end. We'll take a quick break after that. Five minutes is up to to talk the debate that everyone wants to hear: Clemson and Florida State. But I want to know everybody's talk because we have not talked about UNC yet. So I want a quick brief synopsis of what you guys think North Carolina is because they're the preseason third best team in the conference. Everyone's talking about Drake May for Heisman and we have yet to even mention them. So I'm just curious. I mean, Nick, I'm not going to let you talk first because you know, you're an NC state guy. So obviously North Carolina is the worst team in college football, but you know, BGB, what do you think of North Carolina? I think they're being overhyped right now. Um, I, I love Mac Brown as a coach, but I think Drake May is really going to miss Phil Longo, his offensive coordinator. They bring in Chip Lindsey from UCF. I don't think he's as near as good as Longo is. And I just don't think that the skill guys around him, uh, you lose Josh Josh Downs, Antoine Green. Um, that Taz Walker guy from Kent State, I, 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 I don't think he's eligible to play. Um, so... I, I'm just concerned uh, about them. I don't think their defense is, is terrible. Gene Chizik is lost uh, out there. Um, so I, I think they take a step back. I really do. I think seven yeah. and five, maybe eight and four. Yeah, I was I, I was worried about North Carolina when – so fun fact, Josh Downs' dad was one of our coaches here at ETSU last year. So no, really? I got, I got to talk to him a little bit about the program just, just for fun. Uh, our top DB transferred there, um, Elijah Huzzy. And he is projected to be their best DB. And Elijah Huzzy was fantastic for us at the FCS level. I don't know how it's going to play out when, if he is the, the, the guy for them, yeah. you know, obviously they lost storm duck, you know, they lose some of those. Like we had been told that the North Carolina secondary was taking this huge step forward that not that they were going to be DBU, but their fans were acting like their defensive backfield was going to be one of the best in the country. And they were literally nothing but toast. And I think that falls on Dre Bly. I don't. I think he was a good recruiter, and but that's fair. Development wise, I don't think he was that good of a coach. Yeah, and that's that's a very good point. So again, they they might take a step forward just purely because of that. But again, like you're playing teams. I mean, South Carolina week one, not ideal. Ab State again, that's going to be tough. I mean, I call me crazy. I think Minnesota has a legitimate chance to win the Big Ten West this year. That's not going to be an easy one at Pitt. You know, again, like you go to Clemson and NC State the end of the season. Like if you have two losses going into those last two games, that's an eight and 14. So, yeah. I mean, that's – and again, I'm not saying North Carolina is missing a bowl game, but people are treating them like they're a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 type team and they're going to be, you know, a dark horse for the playoff. And I definitely mm -hmm. don't see it either. No. Nope. So, all right. So we're going to take a quick break. And then we have one final segment, and probably the best segment of all, Clemson, Florida State. I think I know where BGB is leaning, just looking at his bull projections on his on his Twitter account. But uh -huh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what we think, because I think uh, 
I might be defending a, a side that the other two are not. So we will see when we get back. Do it. All right. We're back. The age old debate. And this time the debate is not for a division title. It is for a conference title. But before we have this debate, actually, yeah, before we have this debate, I need BGB's opinion because I don't know how I lean on this. Clemson, or excuse me, Clemson, geez. Florida State and LSU. Who do you have winning that week one game? Because that'll kind of think- give me. Give me a little bit of an idea of where you're probably leaning for this conference. I've been going back and forth on this game. Um, you know, LSU, obviously, the revenge factor. They want to win. I mean, that game was just a dumpster fire for them last year. So, they, you know, they want to come in. But I feel like Florida State is the more seasoned team, like, heading into the season. LSU still has, uh, I mean, secondary that's very inexperienced. Uh, running back, they've still got – some still trying to figure out running back. Uh, so I feel like going into that game, Florida state is more, is more ready for that big stage, that big game. So I'm starting to lean towards Florida state winning that game. Uh, it's in what Orlando, that's going to be a home game. Uh, my Sooners played in that same stadium, uh, in the what citrus, I forget what bowl that was, but last year, um, and it was a, you know, 90% Florida state crowd. And so they'll, they'll travel to Orlando, uh, especially with the expectations for this season. So I'm starting to lean towards Florida state. Yeah. And, and I also think too, I mean, this might be a crazy take. I kind of feel like LSU is worse than last year or at the bare minimum, not any better where I think Florida state got a little bit better. Again, I could be mistaken on this, but yeah, I really like Jaden Daniels, but I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy because obviously Makai Wingo is a fantastic, you know, guy up front for them on the defensive side of the ball. Zay Alexander, but yeah, and I, I, Smith I, is back. Yeah, and I worry and I worry about I worry about like you said the revenge factor. Like last year when Florida State beat LSU, I didn't think they would because I didn't think Florida State was ready yet. I thought they were a little bit better than LSU, but I knew going to New Orleans, that's a place LSU again home game. I mean, it's a neutral site home game where obviously now we've flipped it and LSU travels well. I saw LSU in that stadium a few years ago play Notre Dame in the Citrus Bowl and they filled it out. So LSU is obviously going to travel well for this game as well. So I'm glad you're leaning this way. So then I guess BGB, Clemson or Florida State, who should who, who should be the favorite in the ACC? I think Clemson, you know, it's their their conference right now. They should be the favorite. Um, I personally think that Clemson is probably, I think they're going to win that early matchup in September. Um, but the good thing is, is I think that both teams will play again on a neutral field. And then I think that second time around, I think Florida state gets them. Um, but yeah, Clemson should be the favorite going into this, this year. Cause I mean, how many years in a row they didn't win in 2021, but I mean, basically every year besides that, they, they've won the ACC. So it's their conference. And Florida State this year is going to come try and come and take it back. Yeah, I, I like that. I I agree with you. That's why I think Clemson is the favorite makes sense. Like, It's their conference. Clemson was probably their worst they've been in a while last year. I mean, I know that they struggled a little bit in the, you know, the year that Wake obviously technically made the, the title, but 
know, Clemson's been down and yet still won the conference. Um, yeah. But I'm very intrigued by that take because, you know, so you so you think that Florida State wins in Charlotte, though? Is that that's what you were correct. saying? Correct. Yeah, I think okay. Florida State goes 11 and one and one loss to Clemson beats Clemson in the ACC championship gets to the college football playoff. That's kind of do my. You, do, do you think then? Because yeah, now you got my my ACC ears interested. What what do you have Clemson going in the regular season? Somewhere between nine and three and ten and two. The okay, defense. So okay. The defense is is still going to be great. They got kind of exposed a little bit last year in the secondary, but the line will be incredible. I'm just, it's like we're anointing Cade Klubnik as like this top 10 quarterback in the country, and the guy really hasn't done anything yet. Um, he gets Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator, who is a magician. So I'm really interested to see how those guys mesh. And uh, Clemson just doesn't have the skip the playmakers on the outside anymore. There's no T Higgins or Sammy Watkins. Um, I, I mean, their wide receiver play has been pedestrian. So we'll see what Riley can get out of them. But uh, but yeah, I, I think Florida State eventually will will get the get the edge uh, in the championship game. Do do you think if Clemson doesn't win the ACC championship, it fails to make? the college football playoff or either, or whatever could happen. Do you think that's the end of the Dabo Sweeney era of dominance? Like you have your obvious contenders, but the guys that are always showing up to the party come the um, come new year's. Do you think if he fails to make it this year, that it's going to be a mountain to climb and you don't see it happening again in a while? Well, I thought it was over last year. I mean, I I called them losing to South Carolina, um, and, and then yeah. they they lose to Tennessee in the Orange Bowl, and you know it's it, Dabo has no one to blame but himself. He doesn't you want to use the transfer portal. He's reluctant. I mean, I'm shocked he got he brought in Garrett Riley. I mean, that's an outstanding hire, um, but but he's loyal to his assistants, and he's just he thinks his way is the right way to do things. And he's won two national championships, but the game evolves. That's why Nick Saban is such a great head coach because he adapts to whatever changes college football brings to the table. And Dabo doesn't do that. So I, I think the game, it, you know, if they miss the college football playoff for three uh, three years in a row, I mean, I they sure they'll always be competitive in the ACC. But from a national standpoint, I, I think that talk is over. That's you know, fair. I, I, yeah, I I kind of I kind of agree with you because I also look at Nick Saban too. Like everyone says, if Nick doesn't win the SEC or if he doesn't make the college football playoff, is the ride over for Nick Saban? And I I like to think no because Bama is just a different animal. But with Clemson, you know, I've the struggles seem to be more pungent you know they seem to be more out there people recognize it a little bit more when clemson's not at the top and i feel like if Dabo doesn't get back on top i think it could be a problem with clemson fans to be honest with you yeah no there's definitely going to be some blame and he's going to have to eventually use the transfer portal to to get guys i mean and the way nil's going he's going to have to get in into the nil game um more than he has already and you know if if he goes three years without making the college football playoff maybe 
he'll say, hey, I should probably tap into the transfer portal a little bit to fix some of our inefficiencies on offense or in the secondary um, instead of just recruiting guys. Um, so that's kind of what I think. Uh, I mean, it's been, what, two years? I mean, they didn't make it to the ACC championship in 21. Last year they did, but they still won, but it was still a down year. Losing to South Carolina at home, I mean, that was just a debacle. Um, and DJU is gone. So um, he was a lot of the problem, but I just think we're, we're, we're giving all this credit to Cabe Klubnik way too early before he's accomplished anything. At least DJU had good performances against like Notre Dame in 2020. Klubnik, I mean, I can't name a game where he really shined last year. Uh, maybe in the ACC championship against a subpar UNC team, but I mean, that's it. Uh, but Riley, Garrett Riley is is an outstanding coordinator. So if anyone can get him to play better, it's Garrett Riley. Yeah, and that's why I think Clemson is going to take a positive step forward. I mean, I really do think that, you know, no disrespect to Max Duggan, but I genuinely believe that Kay Klubnik, just purely based off the individual talents, the tools, is better than Max Duggan. Obviously, Asked me who would I want my quarterback today? I'd say Max Duggan because we've seen what he can do with Garrett Riley. But I, I mean, BGB, I think that there's a legitimate chance that like we know what Clemson is after Week One. I know that's crazy, but like if Clemson loses the Duke, it's over. I mean, oh, it, it's it's like like that... and it's plausible. We we are all on this podcast in agreement that Duke is a probably eight and fourteen, seven and five team. Yeah, I mean the better happen. quarterback. The better quarterback is going to be wearing blue on at least in terms of what we've seen from a college standpoint. The better quarterback's wearing blue on Sunday night or Monday night, excuse me. I think they're playing Monday on Labor Day, you know, at Wallace Wade. So that game, I am so, I mean, Nick's had to deal with it on the podcast. We did a road trip and I told him that I, if it weren't for the fact that, you know, I wanted to go Duke later in the year, like I, I personally am planning to go to this game. I'm so amped just to see what Clemson's going to be. I was but, thinking about going to it too. Yeah. But well, if you do, let me know. I'll, I'll hook us up. I, I know some people. a lot of Clemson there, fans but, up there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Duke's got probably four road games at home this year with Notre Dame coming to town, NC state yeah. coming to town and Clemson coming to town. So at least three, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's, I, it is a hot take when I say that it might be better for Clemson to go nine and three and lose the AC title than to go 12 and one, make the playoff and get knocked out in the semis. Because like you said, BGB Dabo can do things his way, but he's got to adapt or he's going to die. And I think if he does miss the ACE, like if he doesn't win the AC championship game, he misses the playoffs again and they're playing in the cheese it bowl or whatever it's called now for the 7,000th time in the last in three years, like, I think there's a legitimate argument that like he's going to have to, like it's not even going to be his choice anymore. Like, cause the AD has put so much money at Clemson, you know, they haven't been as annoying as Florida state has, but they're, they've been on the, Hey, we need more money. We need more money. Well, mm -hmm. then you got to win. And I mean, the schedule is not a cakewalk. It's not the most difficult thing I've ever seen, but you know, I mean, there's no, when you look at their schedule, like, I mean, there's a legitimate chance if things don't go well. Like, I think if DJU was, was still the quarterback and, you know, we, we don't have Garrett Riley coming in, you could put the floor of Clemson this year at seven and five between going to crazy. South. But think about it, though going to South Carolina, 
North Carolina with Drake May. Notre Dame at home. At NC State, off of a bye for the Wolfpack. At Miami. Yo, at Duke, again, based off what we've seen with Duke. Florida State, like, I just named some toss-ups. Again, the scenario's different, but if we go, we take last year's team, you know, DJ and, you know, obviously no Garrett Riley. I mean, you could put a legitimate, like, if all if all goes to hell, they're seven and five. Yeah. So, you know, be wild. <laughs> I don't think that happens, obviously. I have them winning the conference. I mean, I genuinely think that they are the best team in this conference. I'm not. I'm not sold on Florida State just yet. I think last year, everyone's been saying this about Duke. I think last year they almost played above their weight class. But because, I mean, no disrespect to, to your Sooners, but BGB, your Oklahoma team was a shadow of itself last in that bowl game. And they needed every ounce that they had to win that game. And that game definitely meant more. I know we always joke about the whole, like, all bowl games, you know, who, who cares more, like, I think Florida State had more of a reason to win that one at in front of their crowd, the momentum of, you know, building their program the right way. I think Florida State's best years are still ahead of them where Clemson kind of needs to go now because they can't keep trending backwards or Florida State will surpass them. So, I mean, but I, I you got me excited, BGB, because when you said that you had Clemson beating Florida State in the regular season, I thought maybe you were going to give me what I wanted, which was two ACC teams in the playoff. But clearly – that's not what you see at all. Well, so. the good thing, the good thing for Clemson, they play Notre Dame and Florida State at home. Those will, I, I haven't, I, they probably haven't announced the game times yet, but I can almost, I would bet money that those are going to be night games in Death Valley. That's tough to tough to win a night game there. Um, so road games at NC State, at South Carolina, um, at Miami. That I mean, they may be playing in front of thirty people. Syracuse, they all on the road. They struggle against Syracuse. Um, Syracuse get is a pain in the neck for Dabo. Um, so yeah, I, I just I, I think 10 and 2, 9 and 3 is a is a good good spot, good spot for them. And I just th- there's it's gonna be crazy. A cr- something crazy injury-wise is gonna have to happen for Clemson and Florida State not to be in the ACC championship. Cause I just think the talent level between those two teams is just so far ahead of the rest of the conference that it, it should be those two at the end of the year. I like it. All right, Nick, who 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 are you leaning, Nick? Because you've never actually told me. Um, I'm leaning for Florida State because I'm very high on Jordan Travis. I think um, he could arguably be the best quarterback in this conference when the season's all said and done. Uh, he could surpass Drake May, and I get it. Like this is not being like me being a UNC hater. It's just that I know what UNC has, and I know what Florida State has. Both have stud quarterbacks, but one is loaded with talent. One has lost a lot of talent after last year, and does not. I mean, the defense has a huge question mark. I mean, I'm leaning towards it's going to be bad again. Um, Drake lost his. Um, coordinator to wisconsin so i don't know i i lean towards more florida state because i think by the end of the season he's jordan travis is going to be the best quarterback in this conference and i think he could tear up that clemson defense in the championship game if they get a second shot so we'll see what happens but i'm leaning towards more florida state this year but i would watch out because 
all we've talked about in the beginning of August and late July is how Florida State wants to get out of the ACC. And I'm just, you haven't heard anything about the players, but I'm just afraid that this whole two weeks going on three weeks of talking about leaving isn't a distraction for the players uh, and distraction for the coaching staff too. I know they have no say, they have no control on what they do, just go out, practice, and play the game. But when you're the talk of Twitter and ESPN and every college football show you can think of, um, it could be a distraction. So that's the one thing that worries me about Florida State is the off-the-field distractions. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, both both programs that we're talking about have, I think, similar ones. I mean, I know Clemson's not been as vocal about it, but it's not like Mike Norvell's been talking or, you know, right. Jordan Travis has been talking. But, I mean, it's, it's definitely something to consider. And also, too, I mean, like, that gives extra ammunition for a team like Pitt that we just talked about, right? Everybody's sleeping on them already. And, you know, the teams that they're gunning for think they're better than them and don't even deserve to be playing in the same league as them. So that's something obviously to factor in as well. All right, BGB, I know you made your bowl projections. How many ACC teams do you think are going bowling? Because, you know, there are some teams we haven't talked about yet. One that I know Nick and I probably want to get your opinion on because, again, we are not a Wake Forest pod, but we have a lot of listeners that from the Winston-Salem and Wake Forest fan base. Uh, our baseball show was pretty much flooded by Wake Forest fans. But oh, I'm just curious, like, you know, how many teams do you have going bowling? Because you've talked about Pitt. You've talked about, you know, obviously NC State. We, you said North Carolina was overrated or getting overhyped. But at the same time, like, it didn't sound like you were saying they're not going to a no, bowl game. No, they'll still make a bowl game. Yeah, yeah. so Clemson, I mean, Florida so, State you had in. So I've got about six teams right there, seven that you've said that are going – or six, yeah, you never said anything about my so, so. Boston College, Clemson, Florida State, um, Duke – was that four Pitt five Virginia Tech six NC State seven UNC eight I've got eight teams I think making okay. making a bowl game this year Wake Forest is not one of them neither is Miami oh okay well Nick I love that Miami pick I love that thank you <laughs> I'm not thank sipping you. the Miami Kool-Aid and no yeah, I'm not I just, either I, I'm sick of it I, I'm Earn it on the field. They looked like dog crap last year. Um, so I need to see some wins on the field. You know, not getting blown out by Middle Tennessee last year is not giving me any confidence that they're going to be any good this year. I don't care who they hired or brought in from the transfer portal. I love that pick, picking Miami not to go bowling, because Micah can't attest to this. I, I think the two years we've done this, I, we're going on three years doing this, I picked Miami. And I'm just done. I'm done drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I need to see it to believe it. I think Tyler Van Dyke, I think he's good, but I think he was, I think there was a lot of drama with Miami last year. I refuse to pick them as a dark horse, as an underdog, uh, any type of favorite. Uh, I, I need to see it to believe it. I'm I'm happy that you do not have Miami bowling. Because yeah. I, I think I kind of lean towards that too. Yeah, I mean that I will say with Miami, they did bring in a good offensive coordinator, Shannon Dawson, who's gonna try and run more of an air raid offense. 
which I think will help Van Dyke. Josh Gaddis's offense is more, let's run first, get the tight ends involved, and that's just not Tyler Van Dyke's game. So we'll see. That's a wild card. But I, I still think that they don't make a bowl game. The defense was terrible last year. They're starting the season 4-0, guys. Y'all need to chill. They're beating Texas A&M. <laughs> they're not beating yeah. Texas A&M. They they're, are beating not beating Texas, they're beating Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Yeah, you guys are talking about Miami as if they've proven something. When's Texas A&M have to prove something? The I number one recruiting class, my... five and seven. Like, I'm telling you, like Texas A&M is going to go to Miami. Everyone's going to be given to, like, Texas A&M's ranked right now, preseason ranked. Why? Which is a they joke. have talented. They have talented people. I guarantee you that Miami's going to beat Texas A&M purely because it would be hilarious. Because you know what that means? We get the perfect storm. Texas A&M comes in overhyped. Everyone gets to say they're overrated. But guess what? Also, we get Miami's back, and they're going to be, beat Bethune Cookman. Oh boy! And they're going to go to Temple. Then they're going to end. They're going to end the month of September four and zero. And then they're going to beat Georgia Tech and be five and zero. And there's going to be this huge like, oh, at North Carolina, big game. And they're probably going to get killed. Like I have them going seven and five. But I think I just see like, I, I agree with you that Miami's overhyped. But I think that Miami's going to be like they're going to do the perfect Miami thing, which is give us hope. Like literally, give us a five and zero start. And then I think they're going to beat Virginia at home. So I think, that, I think Miami loses six of their last seven. Don't tell me the only one's Virginia. Come on, yes. BGP. Don't do that to me. Sorry, <laughs> <Come laughs> man. Come on. I was looking Fire. at the schedule. I was looking at Miami's schedule. I was like, oh, man, they could lose. Like, right before BGB said that, I was like, oh, man. Because if, if Miami – if Miami's off to a rough start, like right now, I think if Miami and Boston College played, I think Miami would win. But if they're not having a good season, they could be checked out that last game. Oh, I, I have I have them losing to BC regardless. But I almost said just for for shits and giggles, hey, they're eleven and zero, and then they go to Chestnut Hill and lose, and they lose in Charlotte to nine and three Clemson, <laughs> and then the ACC just gets to have this wonderful hosh posh. But all right. But then, Nick, that means I'm sure you don't agree because we're actually going to have Wake Forest's Taylor Moran on soon. What BGB? Why, why the Wake Forest hate? Because you you you've you've been preaching that Miami's got to prove it to you. Well, what more does Dave Clawson got to prove to you? He doesn't have to. I mean, I was high on Wake last year. I just think losing Hartman, uh, Mitch Griffiths. We'll see his, how he looks. Hot take: uh, Mitch Griffiths is a better quarterback than Sam Hartman. Hot take. We will I'm see. Not even we'll, we'll, that. we'll look at the stats at the end of the year. Uh, didn't Donovan Green just get hurt? They're like top. Yeah, he did. He's yeah. out. He's going to be. Week, he's going to be out weeks, three right? to four weeks. Three yeah. to four weeks. Okay. Uh, he he should be back. I think they should have him back by the Clemson game on October seventh. Yeah, they're 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 okay. expecting to miss him. The big game that they're expecting him to miss is the Vandy one. Which okay. Depending on how you see Vandy, that might be a big deal. It might not be. Vanderbilt, I think Vanderbilt can make a bowl game this year. So. I think Vandy's going bowling, yeah. so. It could be an yeah, interesting game. Uh, I just think, you know, the defense, they allowed 30 points or more in seven games last season. Um, I, I just, I don't think the the offense is going to be good enough to, to you know, overcome the, you know, hurdles on defense that they, they have. I mean, I just don't think their secondary is good. Depth at linebacker, questions at corner. Um, I just, I, I don't think, uh, I, I like that Jasheen Davis, the defensive end, he's a good guy off the edge, but to me, that's really about it. So, I mean, that, I just, anytime I think about Wake Forest, I think about that Clemson Wake Forest game last year 
and like just get seeing those secondaries just get torched. And uh, I, I just, I think Sam Hartman was a once in a generation type quarterback. I mean, he's probably the greatest quarterback in Wake Forest history. I mean, Riley Skinner probably accomplished more as a team, but uh, stats wise, I think uh, Hartman was better, but I, I just think they take a big step back without Sam Hartman. Do you, does it ever worry you because, you know, Dave Clawson's been, he always moves with quiet confidence. So like, again, you can never take too much into coaching speak, but he did it like when, when this was the similar sentiment that Wake Forest received when John Walford left, everyone was like, Oh no, Wake Forest is finished. And then when Jamie Newman left, Oh no, Wake Forest is finished. And now it's okay. Sam Hartman, like Wake Forest knew that Sam Hartman was not coming back this year. Mitch yeah. Griffiths is they've been giving him number one reps for a while. They they've been preparing for this. Mitch has been preparing for this. Is yeah. that at all like, you know, that's why I'm so confident that they, I mean again, I have them seven and five. I'm not saying they're gonna go win the ACC or anything, but that's why I don't think they're gonna fall out of a bowl game because they're a system led team. I mean, they lead the country in red shirts. They're the only program I know of in power five that can still get away with red shirting so many, so many kids. Like the, you, you almost commit to that. Like, you know, Hey, my freshman year, I'm hitting the weight room. I'm learning the playbook. I mean, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm shocked, honestly, that you, that you think that they're going to take that big of a step back. Because, Who's I mean, A.T. Perry? A.T. Perry. I had A.T. Perry on my podcast. Um, he, hell of a, a player. Most yeah, under- he was a hell of a deep ball guy. I mean, I just, I, I'm skeptical. The, to me, this team reminds me kind of like TCU last year, where it's just kind of hard to, gauge how good they're going to be and i picked tcu to finish last in the big 12 last year so shows you how big of an idiot i am so if, hear that if, wake forest fans you're going to the national title you heard it here yeah, first. so if wake forest <laughs> if i got them finishing third to last in the acc that means they're going to win the conference probably <laughs> all right wake forest fans uh start preparing the uh the short trip over to charlotte you heard it here first but <laughs> yeah. now that's and that makes sense i mean again like there is a lot to like i agree with you wake forest lost a lot i mean it's hard, especially in the modern era, you know, to especially judge these other teams. I mean, there are some teams in the ACC, again, that are so transfer portal heavy. I mean, so I understand that. So then you're not big on Miami. You had, you said eight teams going bowling. I guess if you had to take a flyer, is it Pitt to win the, like if, if I said you can't pick Clemson or Florida State to win, is Pitt your number, your next choice then? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd take Pitt, then Duke, then NC State. Nick, who would be your flyer? Like, you're, if you can't pick Clemson or Florida State, who are you taking? I think I'm with BGB on this. I'm, I would go Pitt, and then I would go NC State, and then I would go Duke. There's two guys on this podcast currently that have NC State-related branding behind them, and then there's one that doesn't. And the one that doesn't is the one so high on NC State. It's, 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 it's just beautiful. Hey, I, went to really OU. I went to I went to OU. I'm not an NC State fan. I just – BGB I, uh, is a big NC State fan, guys. I, I'm looking at it. He's got the cardiac patch pack shirt on. He's got the NC State helmet in the back. He can say he's oh, he's actually big game. Uh, that doesn't sound as fun. Well, he's got he's got he's got Pitt there too, and that's who he's picking. That's true. He's got, he's, he's got other schools. Yeah, I see that. He's got he's got them all. He's I got Wake Forest. Wake there Forest. you go. Your national oh, champion, Wake one. Forest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but fantastic. All right. The last question, just like a fun – actually, Nick, you had some questions for BGB, right? Some rapid fires? 
Yeah. So I mean, unless we all want to give our player of the year real quick, I think that would be fun. I don't know, BGB, have you gotten to that point? I don't think you've made a list of of Heisman contenders yet, have you? Or is, um, who, who is your player of the year? I think it's going to be Jordan Travis. Uh, I mean, I I think that's a pretty easy answer. I think he's going to have a hell of a year, and you know, I we'll see how how it shakes out. I hope he stays healthy. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think that's a no brainer. Nick, who's yours? I have Jordan Travis as well because I think he will end up being the best quarterback in this conference. But I do have a dark horse. I think no one's really talking about him. I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, Drake May gets hurt or let's say Jordan Travis gets hurt. I could see Will Shipley racking up the yards. And he, he's just like a little dark horse pick for me. I could see that happen. No, you're because I think he was... he carried that team last year, and if things don't go well with Cade, he could carry them again. See, you're supposed to say your dark horse is Tony Musket, quarterback for Virginia, transfer from Monmouth. Yeah. Come on, like, that's that's your job. I, mean, I would say that I would agree with the Shipley thing, except for Phil Maffa, their second string quarterback, like almost transferred at last season, and so I think they're they're going to give him the rock a lot more this year. Um, try try to spread the the wealth between the running backs. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Shipley did a lot last year. Yeah, I I agree with that. Mine is actually Nick sticking to the trend. I disagree with your best quarterback in the ACB. And again, call me crazy because like I watched a lot of it, a lot more than anyone really would have. But I really think Brendan Armstrong coming back with Robert and I is going to be a match made in heaven. And because we live in a sport where it's about numbers and because NC state's not getting the preseason love that like, again, they're not their fifth, I think in the preseason poll, if they finish where I have them, which is third, right. Close to that second range right there. I think there's a legitimate argument because Florida state's going to have multiple receivers, I think as well, that could have a legitimate argument. I mean, Florida state's wide receiving group is one of the best in the country. So, and Clemson, like you said, will Shipley, he could end up being a big reason why Clemson's in the hunt for a playoff spot. So we're not saying that NC state's relying on Brennan Armstrong more than anyone else. But if you think about it, like you, you mentioned it well, BGB about your thoughts on NC state. Like they don't have the receiving room that they've had in recent years. Their running backs aren't as deep as they are. And let's be real. Robert and I doesn't believe in using running backs to begin with. So they won't see the yeah. ball anyways. So their defense again has been great, but there's a chance it takes a step back, especially if guys, you know, they, they've had injury bug problems over the last couple of years. So if NC State does what I think they could and they will, then I, I think Brandon Armstrong's gonna have an like kind of what he had at Virginia. The difference was at Virginia, that's a seven and five team where if he does the numbers he did in Charlottesville, that's a nine and three, ten and two NC State team. So I yeah. just think based off that, I mean, his numbers will just be and again, he's not only gonna get you the passing numbers, he's gonna get you those rushing numbers as well. So I just I'm I'm sold. I, I Nick, I am Nick and I are going to attend the Virginia NC State game together. BGB. That's on Friday night. It is. Yeah. And, and I and I am not looking forward to because the first two Virginia games I go to this year, I'm expecting to see Virginia give up a combined 150 points between Tennessee and NC State. <laughs> like I'm like I'm honestly like I don't know why I'm going to put myself through that torture, but I am. So I I love it. I, I think that Jordan Travis is a very easy. I mean. If I wasn't picking Brian Armstrong, I probably would pick Jordan Travis because, I mean, he's 
arguably the best quarterback coming into the season for the ACC. So, Nick, I'm going to give you the final couple minutes to ask BGB his your uh, your rapid fire questions. I don't even know what they are, BGB. So good luck because who knows with Nick. All right, let's see what you got, Nick. Okay, uh, so it's just a mixture of a little bit about you, and maybe people want to get to know you more, and football. So yeah. uh, question number one, who are you voting for? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, simple, what's your favorite color? Color? Crimson. Crimson and cream, baby. OU. There you go. Okay, I like it. I like the it. real Let's OU. The real OU is in Athens, Ohio. I'm just saying. Oh, no, 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 no. That's UO. <laughs> Um, first memory that made you fall in love with college football? Clemson, Florida State game. Uh, the fir- very first Bowden Bowl. I was there in uh, Death Valley. It, it, I was like six. I can't remember how old I was. But I was a little kid. And uh, it was a really good game. We sat in the nosebleeds for that game. But like, I mean, I think Florida State ended up winning 17-14. But just that that whole scene and everything, I was hooked on college football ever since. Favorite food? Oh, gosh. I'd say steak. Filet mignon. Oh, I like it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I'm more of a ribeye guy myself, but steak is my answer for sure. Um, best game you ever saw in person? Oof. Probably, and I hate that my team lost, but the Rose Bowl uh, when OU lost to Georgia um, back in 2017-18. Yeah. Greatest game I've ever been to. You guys got to go to the Rose Bowl if you haven't. And uh, double overtime. I mean, it, it just sucks though you lost, but still greatest game I've ever been to. Yeah, I mean, the Baker. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was that was that the same year that I had one of my favorite college ball memories, which was watching Oklahoma rip the hearts out of Tennessee fans at Neyland Stadium by coming back in the fourth quarter to win. Was that the that same was year? in two thousand? The year before that was two thousand fifteen. Okay. So I, was, I know it was in that, that same awesome time frame, too. but that was that was one of my favorite games because you know I, I'm a terrible boyfriend letting my girlfriend suffer with her Tennessee fandom. But that was like it was amazing because Tennessee fans acted like they like the game was over in the fourth yeah. quarter. And then they come storming back. That I've never heard a stadium get so silent in my life than when that happened. And that was like when you picture Neil in stadium, you don't picture being able to hear a, a pin drop which was just insane. So, yeah, no, that was the very beginning of the Baker Mayfield just era. Uh, that, that Tennessee game kicked it off. It was awesome. Uh, is water wet? Is what? Uh, sure. <laughs> Water's wet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. We're on the same page here. Um, what's the, what's your favorite stadium you've ever been to? Ooh, I mean, I love OU stadium. Um, God, that's a tough question. A TCU stadium is really nice. I mean, I sat in the press box for that uh, bowl game uh, this past fall, and I thought that was a just phenomenal stadium with the upgrades they've done. Colorado State, too, also has a really nice stadium. I don't know if y'all, y'all venture out to the Mountain West country. They got a brand new stadium. Um, so also like Syracuse, the, the dome, that, that's a pretty cool atmosphere as well. Saw Florida State just beat the snot out of Syracuse last year up there, but still a cool environment. Love it. Um, let's see. Who's your favorite college football player? Like right now or of all time? 
all time. Your all time Baker, favorite Baker player. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Baker. Yeah, I was in college, kind of right when he was coming up, and you know, he just cool down earth kid. Played in a mural, so, you know, softball, football. I mean, he was just a cool dude, and uh, yeah, it was all those those years were were awesome. Okay, what uh, what's your next bucket list stadium? Ooh. Well, I've always wanted to go to Blacksburg, um, and I'm going to uh, the Virginia Tech-Syracuse game on the th Thursday night in late October. Um, so I will see you there. I will be there go? as well. I will oh, nice. Yeah, I've always wanted to catch a game in Blacksburg. Uh, it's hard as hell to get to, gosh. But uh, but I'm going and uh, looking forward to it. I hope it's a good atmosphere. I, as a Virginia fan, I, I'm going to say this once, and it's going to hurt myself. Actually, I've said it before, so – but it hurts me every time I say it. It's the best atmosphere. Like the Enter Sandman at night. I, I, I've, I don't, I don't think it's better. I don't think there's anything better. I mean, I really don't. I've seen Clemson in person. I've seen Ralphie run. I've seen like there's not many memories. Like, I mean, Lane Stadium is just. I hate it. I hate it. I hate to say it, but like it is just, especially at night. Like it's gonna be Thursday night in Blacksburg. It's hard to beat. Yeah. No, I and go back to the stadium thing. BYU in Provo, most scenic stadium I've ever been to. Absolutely gorgeous out there. Oh yeah, that that's a bucket list for yeah. me too. Okay, I'm gonna go real quick on these, so I'm just gonna ask you, and then uh, you just give me your answers. Okay. Uh, let's see, where was I? Okay. You could go back to any college football moment in history and see it in person. What would it be? Uh, do you remember the first list you ever made? And how's your relationship with Brandon Walker? <laughs> uh, okay, so what's the first <laughs> I had question? to ask. The first question is... Uh, any any football game in history I in would, person. You could go I'd back love to go time. back to the 2005 Rose Bowl USC versus Texas. I would love, love to be at that game. Um, what's the next one? What's you remember the first, the first list you made? Yep. Schools that have more wins than Texas over the last 10 years. I made that list and it's been, <laughs> it's been a crazy ride ever since. So always. Awesome. Always I remember Virginia being, I remember Virginia being on that list too. And I was like, let's go. We're a football <laughs> school now. <laughs> Yeah, and Brandon Walker, you know, yeah, we got in that fight, what, this time last year? But, I mean, we're cool now. I, I mean, he does his thing. I do my thing. We sometimes argue with each other, but, you know, it's all in good fun. I think it's good for good for the sport, having us go after each other. Yeah, so. you two are you two are my favorite. I love – you guys are the best. You really <laughs> are. Well, um, well, that – Nick, I hate to do it, but we're running out of time. BGB – Thank you. We really appreciate you coming on, kind of giving us some insight on what you're looking at and obviously an outsider's perspective. But, I mean, I got to let you know, though, in case you didn't already know, it always means less in ACC country. So just keep that in mind. Regardless of conference realignment, it <laughs> means less. We got cut off as I was telling BGB that it just means less. So I wanted to just say that that is the most perfect ending of any podcast because it means less money. I don't have the money to be an ACC fan to pay for Zoom Premium. So thank you again, BGB, for coming on. And uh, 
it's it's time. Football starts in two weeks. It's it's amazing that it's here. It really is. But thank you everybody for listening. And again, remember, it always means just a little bit less here in ACC country.